It's Daily Thunder, the special holiday edition. The Ellerslie campus is closed through Christmas break, but Daily Thunders are still booming forth daily through this podcast. For those of you that like to enjoy Daily Thunder live and in person on the Ellerslie campus, mark your calendars for our relaunch on Monday, January 13th. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. This episode is part of a special series entitled The 12 Days of Christmas and is delivered by Nathan Johnson. Well, welcome to this uh, New Year's edition of Daily Thunder. As we're uh, prepping for the new year, it is exciting. Uh, One of the things I want to do is just focus on a concept that uh, it just kind of runs as a thread all the way through Scripture. And I just, it's one of those meditations that has just been really deeply encouraging in my life. And it's that of an olive tree. Uh, It's interesting that trees all throughout Scripture are just, they're mentioned over and over and over again. Uh, It's intriguing to me that uh, in the first two chapters of the book of Genesis, trees are mentioned very specifically, uh, specifically even just the tree of life. And then in the last two chapters in the book of Revelation, which is almost like a fulfillment of the first two chapters of Genesis, it's beautiful how the parallel is there's this tree, and it's a tree of life. And it's almost a finger pointing back to the reality of creation. And there's these beautiful things that just kind of weave themselves through. One of those is this idea of the olive tree. And as you look at this idea of the olive tree throughout Scripture, some of the ideas that pop up are like, you know, in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Zechariah, uh, the mentioning is the fact that the coming Messiah, his name is going to be the branch. And at least in my translation, the word branch is capitalized. And what the word is, when you actually look at it in the Hebrew, is the idea it's an olive tree branch. It's a shoot. And if you look at how olive trees grow, it's actually an incredible picture of the old and the new covenant. Uh, the way the olive trees work <clears throat> is you, you have this incredible olive tree, right, that's producing olives and that kind of stuff. And olive trees can live for hundreds of years old. And as it grows older, the trunk of the tree begins to get knotted. There's all these holes that kind of run through the tree. And as it gets older and older and older, even though it's producing a measure of fruit, there comes a point when the olive tree, just what you see above surface, falls over. And it just kind of crumbles. It, the trunk cannot support the weight of the tree itself. Now we look at that and go, oh no, the tree has died. But an olive tree, I think this is the profound nugget, an olive tree, the life of an olive tree is not measured by what you see, it's measured by the root system. And so in the Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Zechariah prophecies, what it's talking about is there's this old covenant, there's this incredible, beautiful thing that we see, but that which we see is going to topple over. But it doesn't mean it's actually dead because it's all in the root system. And what an olive tree does is now you have this root system, it's going to start producing this shoot, this little branch, and that begins to form a brand new trunk of a tree. And so it can keep on living. So if you go to the Garden of Gethsemane today, there's a tree in the Garden of Gethsemane that's 2,400 years old, which means that tree was there when Jesus was praying. Isn't that a great thought? So as you look at this idea then, you, you have this incredible picture of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, that, that here is the Old, and it's not that the Old is toppled over. It has in one sense... It's not removed because the exact same root system of the old is now producing the brand new thing, which is Jesus. Isn't that a great picture? Uh, If you follow this through even more, it's interesting that the prophecy about the Messiah is that he was going to be called a Nazarene. Therefore, he had to come from this little town called Nazareth. So ponder this. In the Old Covenant, his name is the shoot or the branch. 
which is an olive tree thing. That word for the branch is actually Netzer. Now, Nazareth, the little meaning of Nazareth, is the place of the olive tree or the place of the shoot. So do you know how profound it is to think that here is the branch who comes from the place called the branch, and his name is, he is Jesus of branch, the olive shoot. And he's a Netzer, he's a Netzerine. Isn't that a cool concept? And then that branch of an olive tree finds himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is the place of pressing. It's where you do olive pressing. And they've found ancient olive presses in that area of the garden. And of course, the whole mountainside would be full of uh, uh, olive trees. And Gethsemane is literally the place of crushing. So now you have this Netzer, who is the branch from the place called Netz. He's, he's a Netzerine. Now he's in the place of crushing. It's, it's just, isn't that a beautiful thought? Now, as we come into a new year, you realize that this concept of, of what do you focus on becomes really significant. Because what most of us tend to do, you know, we set our goals for the year and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not downplaying that. I think that's important. But most of us are so focused on the fruit that we forget to focus on the root. And when you look at scripture, for example, John 15, the whole emphasis of the vine and branch, it's interesting. Jesus says, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branch. You know, you, you need to abide. Why? Because you're going to bear much fruit. And when you look at the passage of John 15, the emphasis or the job description of the branch is not producing the fruit. The job description of the branch is the abiding. And as long as a branch is abiding in the vine, woo, it's going to produce the fruit. Does that make sense? In other words, you, you don't have to worry about the fruit. The fruit will come if it's connected to the healthy branch or healthy vine. Why? Because the life-giving sap of the vine is going to flow out into the branch and it's going to start producing fruit. So what is the job description of the branch? Oh, cling, hold tight to the vine. And again, the word abide, the Greek word minnow, it's beautiful. It has this idea of rest, has this idea of to sink down into, has this idea of it's just a relaxed kind of a state. But perhaps my favorite definition is to cling to or better yet, to refuse to depart. Do you know what a branch is doing to a vine? It's refusing to depart. Why? Because it recognizes that the life source for itself, because a branch cannot live on its own, right? The moment the branch is removed from the vine, the only thing that it's good for is fire, right? It's just good for burning. So what does a branch do? It clings with all of its might. It refuses to depart from the vine. And as long as the life-giving sap of the vine is flowing into the branch, it's going to produce the fruit. And wouldn't it be interesting as we walk into this new year, if the focus wasn't so much on the fruit, what if we were focusing on the root? And what if we were allowing the depth of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to deepen and enrich and go deeper and deeper and deeper? Because fruit's going to come. That's guaranteed. And most of us are so, you know, we're gritting our teeth trying to produce the fruit to such a degree that we've, we have unhealthy roots. But what would happen if we took this next season of our life, this year 2020, and we begin to allow the word of God to just enrich itself in our life? What if, what if we ran after Jesus in prayer? What if we just said, God, do whatever you want with my life. Use me as a vessel. Pour me out as a sacrifice. And we just began to allow our life to deepen in the reality of the life of Christ, the depth of his word, the richness of intimacy. I love what Ephesians 3.17 says. Uh, Paul says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in Christ. That You know what you are to be? Rooted and grounded. That when the winds and the waves of life come, 
you're unshakable and immovable. Why? Because you're rooted and you're grounded. And just like an olive tree, what you see is actually not how you measure the life. And that's very true in us. Because we can go to church and we can have the right words and we can do the right actions and we can have the, we can have the facade but not have the life. That doesn't mean we have the roots. So would you go after the roots? Would you take a year and just go after Jesus? Would you just take the year and just, just saturate yourself in his life? Would you just aggressively go after him? Why? Because you need roots. You need to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. Well, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you that you are the branch. We thank you that you went through the crushing on our behalf. And Lord, I pray that we would be branches that abide continually in the vine. That as we enter into this new year, that we are not relying upon our strength or our wisdom or our talent or our ability or our whatever. But Lord, we are living through the indwelling life of Christ within us. And Lord, yes, fruit is important and I, I want my life to bear much fruit. But Lord, the reality is no fruit will come if my roots are weak, if they're shallow, if they're not stable. So Lord, as Paul prayed for those in Ephesus, Lord, I want my life to be rooted and grounded in you. I want to be firm and immovable in you. I want the reality of my life to be deep. And it doesn't matter actually what is being showcased on the surface if my roots are deep. Because the reality, Lord, I've come to realize is that the deeper my roots, the more nourishment I can pull up, the more stable the tree becomes, the more rich, the bigger the tree, the, the more fruit it can produce. So Lord, perhaps you could change our gaze and our focus this year from just fruit production to root depth and development. But Lord, we thank you for what you have in store and we're excited for what you have in store for this new year and we're on the edge of our seats with expectation. And so Lord, we want to press into you afresh. We just give you the glory and the praise in your precious, powerful name we pray. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Our live Daily Thunder online stream and our live in-studio Daily Thunder experience will be starting back on Monday, January 13th, when our team returns from their much-deserved holiday break. Meanwhile, we encourage you to plan a visit to our beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.